<laughs> listeners are going to have a freaking field day. I'm so sorry, you guys. No, we're not. No, anyway, no. what's up, everybody? We back and we better. <laughs> okay, back like we never left. That's right. I think I said that last week, though. I said I'm back and I'm better. <laughs> you probably did. It's okay. Because you're always I'm leaving me. At least I'm consistent as uh-uh. far as my my um, colloquialisms. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but anyway, it's your girl Madeline Park. <laughs> you don't know what colloquialisms are? Well, I do know what colloquialisms are. I'm I don't know how I switch mine though. No. Okay. Anyway, hey everybody. Uh, okay, look it. I was gonna keep it pushing. You the one who brought it back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, this is our seventh episode, guys. This is Jessica. I already said my name. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what's up, y'all? This is another one coming back at you. Um, and we're just gonna get right into it. We have a lot to talk about. We do. We do. And um, I think this this, this episode. Blah, 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 <laughs> I obviously need to get my words together, you all. It's been a week, honestly. Two weeks. Um, it's been a, yes, honestly. <sighs> You guys, we went to New York for fall break, and you think fall break is supposed to be relaxing and rejuvenating, but let me tell you, it was not. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but it's not to say that our experiences weren't valuable and exciting. They just were also very tiring at the same time. And this is definitely the weekend that I've going to use to recuperate. Uh, so just to give you guys back some background information, last week the reason why we didn't post anything was because we were flying, like literally in the air that Tuesday to go to New York for our New York study tour, which is exciting. And uh, Jessica and I, we had two totally different experiences, but we wanted to give you all a little recap of what that was but before we get into that um i think we wanted to kind of recap how this week went being that we started two new classes and that's interesting mm, good point mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so like we mentioned before our program is accelerated mm-hmm. so because of that some classes are full for the full semester and other classes are half semester so they're even more accelerated than usual right um so what they did was as we ended six weeks i believe they mm-hmm. once we came back from new york we started two new additional classes right um so the first one is business ethics and then the yes. second one is the luxury marketing and strategy class right and i mean honestly the week before that we started another new class and that was data analytics so we fit we technically finished Facts. three classes and we started three new classes so it's you know again adjusting i think these classes are still going to be very interesting i think we're moving more into like the harder skills um if you guys know what i mean by hard skills versus soft skills we're moving because in the beginning it was you know leadership and development and communication negotiation exactly so those were a lot of the soft skills but now we're moving into more of the hard skills which is data analytics and our marketing strategy class um so on and so forth but I think these are going to be super interesting, and I, I like our teachers. They're super chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that overall, this week while we started new classes, it was it was a it was a valley for a lot of people. I think a lot of people coming into this week were still trying to catch up from 
what happened last week and trying to contact people. Some. I feel like all of us because we, yeah. every Monday we have a case study that we have to be prepared to talk about in class. So as I was flying back, like I know you flew back Saturday, mm-hmm. but I flew back Sunday night. And as I most people in the program did. Yeah, and I was in the airport like downloading the PDF, trying to hear the audio version, mm-hmm. like taking notes as I was in the air, like making sure that I was staying on top of it because that professor don't play. So I need my nope. participation my participation points, um, especially yeah. coming off this exam that we right. just had. I was just about to say, speaking of that professor, like that exam that we got back, I mean, I think, of course, he wants us to succeed, and of course, he wants us to get better. But um, it was definitely he said that we did. He said that we did better than most classes. But Which, uh, if that's the case, that's sad. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep my thoughts to myself on that one. But regardless of how it is, I think we all have standards that we set for ourselves, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we some of us didn't feel like we met up to those standards and but that's okay being that he already explained to us that like it's going to take time for us to reach the caliber of um, and the, the caliber of work that he expects from us so again just a growth point mm-hmm. and like I told my mom because mm-hmm. I said I'm not really worried about my grade because mm-hmm. for one he did say everybody's going to Paris mm-hmm. so in the discussion I'm not going to stress myself out multiple times on something that is already in the works for me. Mm-hmm. Like, no. oh my gosh. What? Wait, we have to pause this. Why? <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. Um, we had to fix or submit <laughs> some passport <laughs> information that I almost forgot about. And I wasn't going to make it to Paris. So, you know what? <laughs> So we're it's back. okay. We have it together now. We have it together. Yes. So Ooh, the life of a grad student. Mm. The life of an accelerated grad student. So to answer your question, no, I have not slowed down and recouped. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> your girl almost fell out. <laughs> um, but sorry, you were talking about what now? Only the Lord knows at this point. <laughs> Anything else about this week that you were talking about the classes? That yeah, I was just ta- I was just talking about how the class we we got some more classes and I mean it was a tough week for all of us like jumping straight from New York and coming back like you said a lot of you all flew back on Sunday some people on Monday literally and you know <laughs> expected <laughs> and expected to just you know hop right back into things so we were all tired but at the end of the day like we got through it. Um, that's that's all I have to be thankful for is that we got through this week. Correct. As long as we got through Wednesday, y'all. Whoa, <laughs> Wednesday was crazy. We had a um, spotlight, a company mm-hmm. spotlight that came in, mm-hmm. and then we had again our. No, we had oh we had no our, we had three classes on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what happened, and that's what I was really trying to get to when I was searching on my computer is looking at our schedule, because I have never ever in my life thought that I would have a class until 9 o'clock at night but that is what we had last week um and it was we we didn't start until 11 45 which is nice you know usually our day set starts about 10 15 but we had luxury professional development 11 15 and then right after that we had um legal business ethics and right after that we had luxury marketing strategy so we were literally going from class to class from 11:45 to um 8:45 but she luckily she let us out early but still 
it's like 15 minutes early yeah 15 minutes early but that class is really interesting and that's it what is. i'm excited about because of strategy and i was telling her this to the side like we are on social media all day every day but nobody actually tells you how to strategize and right to how to like really profit as a business or operate as a business mm -hmm. or so, even as a blogger i mean mm -hmm. like which is a business w which is a business which is a business but i think like engagement with your with your followers that is something that you have to have talent to have as well because you can mm -hmm. post something and people will look at it and just look at it and scroll and scroll and not do anything about it no okay i literally can we talk about this because <laughs> i literally was um in a program or in a room some somewhere and i remember seeing this girl scrolling on instagram she literally stopped was looking at whatever she was looking at it didn't look like it was a long caption and kept scrolling like she did not double tap i was like girl are you a hater or right <laughs> it's like if you take that long to look at some content you might as well give them their props and right it takes two seconds not even that that's not two seconds it's not you right <laughs> but no no i'm saying right. like you're right it don't take much it doesn't take much to double tap give somebody some engagement you know? but you know and i felt that when i was posting on my instagram i was like you guys could definitely like you know, coming back. I'm trying to hear what y'all have to say, and nobody say anything. All your oh, followers are so engaged. And I'm like, yes. Nah, girl. I was just telling somebody the other day. I was like, I have like 1,900 followers or something like that, or 1,700, and I'll only be getting like 100 and something likes or 200 likes. I'm like, where's the rest? You know what? I'm about I to unfollow all y'all. No, but the, the the point of the conversation is is that like engagement itself is still like something that you have to work at is also but the great thing is about like your platform is that people know you as a subject expert and so oh. that that's great about your platform is that right it <laughs> <laughs> expert but you know i do my research right and that's what's important because you we just can't be out here talking out the side of our necks mm -hmm. um, i mean that's what they call clout mm, clout chasing mm -hmm. but that's not what we do correct um moving on uh, so let's give y'all a recap on what actually happened in new york and why this week was so tiring for us coming back from it so we flew out like eight something in the morning. We got flewed out, y'all. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, she's not lying. That was my first experience. It felt very nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. So we flew out there. Um, arrived maybe around like ten o'clock ish. We were on different flights. Just an hour apart. Yeah, just an hour an hour apart. But, but she was so nice to pick me up and take me. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I of course. I mean, like you know, we all need to get to the um the airport. I might as well. And I was already up. Shoot, it was it was y'all. Oh, we did not sleep. Me and G did not sleep. Y'all did not sleep. Because I did I get my little packing. Mm -hmm. No, I was up packing, and then I had to do my hair. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get at least thirty minutes or to an hour. Next thing I know, as soon as my butt hit that that bed, <laughs> Maddie's like, G, I'm on the way. Wait a minute. We had an hour. <laughs> Look, y'all wasn't going. I wasn't going to miss this flight. That's all I had to say. Ma'am, and word to the wise: do not drive. Hey, yo, shut <laughs> up! <laughs> you was whipped. Oh my gosh! Nah, I was trying to make sure we were on time. Yes, and we, we did. It. 
And the, the thing is, is that, like, if we had went any slower, I feel like they definitely would have been calling my name, like, mm-hmm. if I, when I was there. But, no, we got there on time. I got myself a little breakfast. Shout out to Jose, because he paid for my breakfast that morning. Oh, that's and so nice. he was such a real friend and paid. And I just want you to know that that's love. Jose is a real one. He is a real one. <laughs> A real one, and he was like, "Yeah, I would rather you just get on the plane with food and like not, and not miss a flight because that'll be like a hundred something dollars that you have to, mm-hmm. you know." Right. And I was like, "Wow, you know, <sighs> my heart was so full." Grateful, grateful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never would have made I it. <laughs> but yes. Anyway, so got into New York. And for the majority of the cohort, they went out and lived their best lives. Y'all went and y'all... Oh, that's right. Uh, we went down Fifth Ave and went... Oh, uh, me personally, I uh, went to Dolce & Gabbana with Shalom. Dolce & Gabbana. That's right, man. We said, oh, gotta go. All right, I'm head out. Uh, <laughs> because right. we were like, oh, we've never actually been inside. And Shalom was being all nice and like... Oh, tell me about this. Tell me that. I said, if you don't touch this fabric, like we're in here, we can touch things. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not off limits. It's not off limits. And I felt like because she had never, or both her and I had never been in a luxury space like that, we thought like, oh, we have to like mm-hmm. get permission to, to touch. do anything. And I'm like, this woman is walking around with us. She knows we're not gonna steal anything or we're not gonna, you know, right. mess anything up. Right. I was like, feel the fabric. <laughs> like relish in this moment relish <laughs> but no it was good we were just going down fifth ave well, tell them more about what you did down fifth ave yeah um i i left my wallet on accident in the room so i didn't have no money and okay. that's kind of a great thing because um i got no money to spend so <laughs> <laughs> they went to like zara and uniqlo and i kind of was just we went to starbucks okay the starbucks on fifth ave y'all do not go there um <laughs> because they got rue's order wrong like four different times what? she had to keep going back and because the prices are so different in new york mm-hmm. like she paid like seven something crazy like something expensive for her drink and so they it wasn't what she asked for like the mm-hmm. taste wise so she had to keep going back and so we were waiting outside at a certain point she's like y'all i'm sorry but i paid too much money to not have the right order and every time it was like something drastically different like tasted different but it was supposed to be the same drink anyway wow. whatever so i mean it was really good um we were with nicola emma um elisa just i mean it was a good was little mix of people. Didn't y'all go to Nike, too? Oh! <laughs> yeah, we did. We went into Nike, um, and that's a flagship store on Fifth Ave, and they have, like, six floors. Whew. It's huge. It's insane. I think I've been, though. I think I have been to that store because mm-hmm. my little sister wanted to go when we were up there, I think, for Christmas time. So this I, past Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I know they just remodeled their flagship store. Okay. But I think they might have been open last christmas i'm not sure I, I can't remember the last time i went back to new york but i know like there was like this little shoot like elevator thing that they had that they could get shoes from a different part oh. of the store and everything like yeah i remember that i remember that experience so I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that store but either way it goes like i still wish i could have been with y'all no it was really good because what that flagship store does to keep like customers engaged and all that they have mm-hmm. activation centers or like they have the um customization part too mm-hmm. so they change that i think every month mm-hmm. and so this time they highlighted a i'm not a sneakerhead y'all i don't 
know mm-hmm. the models and all of that but they highlighted a certain shoe and they literally like broke it down and took it apart and they had like this yeah y'all could i'll do a highlight on my story how about that and then yeah. y'all could look at it uh, at a tribe called jess on instagram great thanks mm-hmm. um but that was cool and we actually started talking to one of the sales associates or i don't they're called like coaches and mm-hmm like players or something like that so it's really cool but they're really laid back he starts asking us um about some clothes we were looking at and we started talking about luxury not even posing it on our end like he started bringing up luxury and how sneakers i have a whole video i need to show you but he basically was like no we nike and sneakers are a luxury like Hmm. look at the scarcity of a shoe when it releases and how quickly it sells out and all of that um i probably should have reviewed that before i started talking about it but we were talking to him for like a good 30 minutes. That's what's up. And he was so invested in our conversation. I really appreciated his um, his input, input mm-hmm. and perspective on it all because, you know, we were talking about how New York Fashion Week was kind of like lackluster as far as mm-hmm. like innovation and they're just popping out what's already happening as far as trends are concerned. Right. And he was like, we're the driving force. Like, we really are pushing the needle when it comes to culture. And right. I don't know what ethnicity he was, but mm-hmm. I mean... He made a good point. Like you have cultures and you have like of ethnicities and you have subcultures of mm-hmm. like groups. So you have right. sneakerheads, which is a subculture. True. And right. so when you have streetwear that is pushing the, the trends, the yeah. trends, mm-hmm. like obviously all these fashion houses are doing streetwear now. Right. Like, so you guys are the ones moving the needle. Exactly. I, I hear, yeah. I so it was again. I won't exhaust the conversation, but it was really good. It was really uh, impactful and. We did, they have this thing where it's like competition, so they let you try on like the latest sneaker, mm-hmm. and you sign up for this game, and so you, it is a workout, okay? Yeah. I've never felt that, whatever thigh muscle <laughs> I was feeling, like, I'm a, I, I used to be an athlete, but that was hard, and I do want to say that I beat Rudog. Yeah, and I beat you. So who's the real athlete? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, I wonder if she would disagree if she was here. No, she would. She admitted. (laughs) She would. But it's okay. That's okay. All right, I'm gonna leave that where it is. Yeah. So okay, tell us what you did. Okay, you guys. While we were gallivanting. So while they were out living their best lives, I was back at the hotel sweating and (laughs) not sweating, rehearsing lines. And trying to get ready for uh, our presentation to the board of directors. Um, So six of us, six, six, six of us were chosen um, to speak in front of the board and represent our class. And we have been preparing for the last mm, three weeks, I guess, a couple weeks or so. And it was time. And we were supposed to meet up and Uber over there to um it was a a furniture shop i can't remember the exact name of the furniture have mercy i can't remember the exact name of the furniture shop right now but that's basically where it was and it was really nice um they it is it's high class very good quality furniture i'm i'm talking they i walked in and i was sitting on like a two thousand dollar couch yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, let me let me sit on the edge. <laughs> I was, I was, Girl, what I say, feel the fabric. <laughs> you know, I didn't after a while because we got there, and so um, the board members were, were downstairs mm-hmm. um, in a different part of the store, and so we couldn't see them. So we just waited at the at the top on the main level to for them to come and get us. 
and you know we waited for a, a little bit longer than we expected so at, at a certain point I, I fully indulged in the couch and in <laughs> and, and other chairs you know I said you know I might as well might yeah, as well since I'm here. here right <laughs> so um, after we were called down uh, we gave our speech and our speech basically centered around the fact that we are all on an invisible path but for this moment and for this program we have merged together and we're happy for that but we are excited for our next steps but we also need your help mm -hmm. so just basically telling them that you know we appreciate all the things that you have done for the program as far as like creating the curriculum um, we're telling them that you know we've enjoyed the program so far um, talking about how much love that we have for our cohort but also saying that we are looking to them for guidance for support um, Help us, please. yeah <laughs> for sure uh, so that's basically what the speech was about and we got a lot of great feedback on it I mean like even afterwards and at the networking event later on that night we were getting a lot of um, positive feedback which made me very happy and made me very proud I think I can say the same for the other five of us that um, we were definitely happy that we were able to represent you all well um, they now you guys look like you practice when you did it in front of the class before we actually went to New York mm -hmm. I was like wow this is really well rehearsed <laughs> like and it just flowed and I know that afterwards somebody was like we didn't say what we wanted to say and I'm like I couldn't tell <laughs> like it just y'all did a great job we really appreciate what was some it. of the feedback that they gave y'all so as far as like feedback is concerned the main thing that I was hearing that was that it was a good balance of well-practiced, well-rehearsed speech and genuine emotion. Mm -hmm. They said that it was it's hard to have a well-thought-out and how do I say, executed speech without it sounding robotic, robotic mm -hmm. and monotone. But because we were all speaking from you know our personal experiences and talking about memories that we had made with you all, it was it. it was very organic and it felt like it was very genuine to them so I think that was the biggest thing I mean the the, the thing that I really wanted to talk about was the questions that they asked mm. because they did ask really good questions that we weren't it's not that we weren't prepared but we weren't expecting okay. you know um, and they were just at they were asking um, where do we see ourselves in the luxury industry and uh, a couple of things about what do we think could change about the program and um, some things that we've learned highlights lowlights everything like that and we were all very honest um, were you oh you're very you wanna honest share, you want to share anything I think I think so like, talk about some highlights highlights so I think the highlights that we highlight in the program is that we we do like the fact that we're able to mingle with people from all over that was a big that was a big thing another thing was that um, we do appreciate the fact that we have access to them being mm -hmm. that they're in the industry they know people and they're very accomplished themselves that was another highlight um, they asked you know what what classes we felt were very um, useful and I brought up digital marketing because mm -hmm. we had already started it and I couldn't speak to any class we hadn't started yet right. but digital marketing so far I felt like was the most um, tangible uh, class that 
we have because we're literally working on social media campaigns with and actual with actual clients yeah. and we have actual results so that quantitative piece of the resume that some of us may be needing mm -hmm. we can get that from these mm -hmm. projects that's a good point yeah yeah so i brought up that point um, I told them that some lowlights were that we haven't gotten the opportunity to really indulge in the different sectors as much as I feel like we mm -hmm. want to. Um, we had EG. To remind them what the sectors are again. Oh, the sectors are personal, transportation, and experiential. experiential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we got a visit from EJ and Gallo. Yes. Of the wine, wine company. Yeah, the yeah. wine experience company. And so that was interesting to see, like, how things work from her. And some of us have visited the Umstead. So we, we had that part of the experience. That would be experiential, right? Yeah, the hotels yeah. and cruise hotels. lines, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. So that would be experiential. But that was the only thing that we had gotten to, quote, unquote, experience or learn more about. And that was only if you wanted to. That wasn't even a scheduled trip. That was mm -hmm. us reaching out to him and emailing him and telling him hey we would really love to come in and see uh so that was one of the low lights um you know what that, that's all i got for y'all right now i'm sorry <laughs> uh, I, overall it was a really good conversation i think they definitely um heard us and we definitely reached our goal in the sense of making sure that our voices were heard um, and in the most respectful manner possible. Mm -hmm. So that was that was really good. But after that, I mean, like we we all went back to the hotel and got ready for the. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that's a good question. So they had trays there for the for the board members, mm -hmm. and they said that we can you know have some things on the tray. But in my head, like. A sandwich is not a meal to me. It's not. It's not. I know I might. I might have breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> See, but it's not a lunch. It's not a lunch. Okay. You know what I mean? Like breakfast. You, some people don't even. You know, some people don't even have breakfast. And so for it's me, me. Yeah. yeah. So for me, uh oh. No, we're good. So for me, uh, I don't have to have some something super heavy for breakfast, but for lunch and dinner, like if I'm eating a real meal, I need a meat and two sides like that's that's I how, <laughs> that's how i feel but <laughs> and we were all talking about going to get something to eat afterwards but after they told us that we could take the trays home um back to the hotel they were like oh we can just eat what's on the train and i was thinking in the back of my head i was like wow. wait a minute i saw those trays it was like cheese and crackers and it fruit. was yeah it was cheese crackers and fruit and there was also a sandwich tray oh. and there was also like wait is it cookie. like the little the little sandwiches with the crust cut off no, not those type of oh. sandwiches. It was like, you know, Jersey Mike's subs oh. sandwich. It wasn't Jersey Mike's, but it looked yeah. like those type of sandwiches. Okay, like a deli sandwich. Yeah, it was like a, okay. almost like a deli sandwich. I mean, I think I ate more chicken salad than I did anything else. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I was just interested. <laughs> I was like, but, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's what they fed us, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't go out to, to dinner that night. So, and anything else that I ate probably came from the networking event, which their food was... Amazing. I really like the hors d'oeuvres that they had. Um, and I didn't know going into that that we would have an open bar. That was really interesting to me. I wasn't expecting that, but that was nice. It was cool. I think that was the test, too, to see, like, you never heard of that? Uh -uh. So when 
this was like an etiquette class that I did for business back when I was at Loyola Marymount University just for like one semester. But they have, whenever you have meetings or lunch meetings with executives, it's not just an interview. Like they're looking to see like how you conduct yourself when you have food or spaghetti or a salad. Like how are you eating it? Do you look like a barbarian or do you look like, mm. uh, you know, whatever. Or if there's an open bar, if there's an open bar, like they see how, like, I don't think they're counting how many drinks you get. But obviously how you handle yourself in an open bar situation. Like, so I I stuck to a one drink minimum because I wasn't there for that. And honestly... one drink maximum? Sorry, maximum, yes. Like, and that wasn't because... That was honestly because I was talking to so many people, I didn't have time to go to the bar. And I was there for like an hour before I even got my drink. That wasn't intentional. But I also knew this was a networking event. So I wasn't getting like three, four drinks and not to knock anybody who did, but I personally didn't trust myself to <laughs> to get more than two. <laughs> you know, when I think back on the situation, I think overall I handled myself very well. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, I, I <sighs> I'm sorry, mom. Oh, I was the one who, I, I mean, I did have, like, maybe two or three drinks. That's not bad. But at the same time, like, I also am aware of, like, myself in the environment. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like, oh, two, three drinks. It's like, <laughs> I, I, had, I had two, three drinks like that. I don't think that's bad. Yeah. I, because, you, and also the reason why I got a drink was because I was standing there for so long and somebody was like, yeah, I don't think you should. They didn't say to me directly. They're like, yeah, I don't want to stand here without a drink. I think it might be rude to not have anything in my hand. Right. And so I was like, oh, okay, then let me go get a drink. Right. right. So, but. Huh. You know, <laughs> that's maybe, just that, my maybe, that, that, maybe that can be like a, another topic of conversation later on in another podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like etiquette and how to a- handle yourself in those situations. Because even when we got back, we were doing that debrief of professional development yes. about like how people felt handling themselves in that environment and I'm used to handling myself in that type of environment I have been in many networking situations Mm -hmm. and even a part of my business fraternity um, half of recruiting is like networking events and talking to people and asking those questions and knowing how to lead Mm -hmm. and join different conversations so I'm used to that Um, whereas like some people they're not and that's okay because you know sometimes you're not presented with those opportunities but still um, you know, I guess like overall, somebody needs to give out tips because some people just were kind of stuck in situations in which they didn't want to be in. Yeah, that's true. But moving on, um, why don't we just? I think like you know, you guys know we usually do like a key of the week, but in recapping New York, I think what we need to do is just go ahead and just do keys of the um, <laughs> keys of the trip. Yeah, basically they called it a New York study tour. So yeah. we, they took us around to different brands and companies that are a part of the luxury sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, really it was only personal and experiential. It wasn't the luxury, I mean, it wasn't the transportation, transportation portion. Yeah. But we can just do a rundown of the companies that we visited. Yeah. So the first day we visited... We visited Nordstrom. Nordstrom the first day. Yes. And so they focus on like the consumer experience. They and did. that team in the men's store on, is it Madison Avenue? Ah, I'm not sure. But it's the only Nordstrom in New York. 
Right. So and they're about to open up another one, and they were just talking about yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be directly across the street. Directly across the street. And they were just talking about the different amenities that are going to be in there. And I'm not completely positive. Can we talk about Oh, that? that's a good question. I don't know, but we could just I'll just talk about like my overall impression. Okay. Um so <laughs> not to prolong the situation, but Rue and I woke up late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we missed the bus, so we had to run to the to Nordstrom, but luckily we got there like just in time but as soon as i start as soon as they sat down they were talking about how they are able to adapt and they did the right research on the new york consumer mm-hmm. and they realized they have different needs than their other locations right so that was what i really took out of that entire presentation was that they test out focus groups and they test out different experiences for that new york consumer to make their lives easier and not um, doing what all of their other locations do as well. Right, right. And just to add on to that, the the thing is, is that he, one of the points that he pointed out was that retail is not dying, it just needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. And with, and it's not that digital is replacing the sales associate, it's that, um, it's that we as we as a business, we as sales associates, have to combine service and digital to create that experience. Mm-hmm. It they can work in tandem to create those experiences that, that they need to create. Um, it's not one or the other, so that was definitely a good point. But um, I think that why don't we just run down who we got to see and then like what we got from the whole thing. Sure, that's fine. Um, so like we said, we saw Nordstrom and then we also visited um, the Lux, the, the Luxury Institute. Yeah, the Luxury Institute, which is a consulting firm for luxury brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also visited Hearst, mm-hmm. which their building is amazing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. We visited the um, Square Union Square Hospitality Group. Mm-hmm. And we also visited Chanel. And Christophe. Pitt. Yes. Yes. And JDS Development. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was the experiential part because it was real estate. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, so you go ahead and you want to talk about your favorite or maybe the most interesting, what you got out of it? Um, I think my favorite person or my favorite people to hear speak were definitely um, the Luxury Institute. Uh, coming from like a luxury, not a luxury background, but coming from a business background where people really um, harped on getting a job with, you know, the top four consulting firms, hearing another consulting firm that is definitely different in a more niche market than the top four are was very interesting to me. And one thing that they harped on was emotional intelligence and building relationships, which is what I'm all about. It's mm-hmm. something that I'm very passionate about. And hearing that they are able to not only consult these companies, but train their um, employees on how to build that emotional intelligence was extremely exciting to me because that that you can see the results Mm -hmm. and you can see the impact that you've had on a company whereas in other consulting firms you may not ever know like where your slide deck goes I was actually speaking to Katie today who was one of our speakers about her experience and because we had similar backgrounds in retail and coming into um, the program straight out of undergrad 
hearing her experience and how she's grown in that position was definitely insightful and she was telling me that if I wanted to go into consulting and I wanted to gain a lot of knowledge and I was really passionate about working with people I want to look at a small firm rather than one of the big ones mm -hmm. so that was very insightful but um, just going through some of the big things that I realized at, during the trip was that one the biggest thing as a person looking for a job right now is you need to put yourself out there and you need to make yourself seen um, they kept I kept hearing go the distance that's what I kept hearing and basically meaning that if you want to be seen if you want to um, be noticed and you have to do what other people are not doing and I see that even in the way you operate and I see that in the way like other people in our um, cohort operate in and that's by like doing the research about the person um, reaching out to them on multiple platforms nagging them and almost being annoying um, mm -hmm. because they're only going to answer to people who like are how, how do I say persistent persistent exactly um, another one is that another big thing that I took away from uh, the trip was to be ready. Uh, we are trying to prepare ourselves now inside the program for the, for the, um, for the, I'm losing all my words today, for the industry. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are always going to be things that the books can't teach us and that there are always going to be things that we don't know. And we understand the trends now and we're aware of that, but trends will change. And we have to be flexible in that as well. Uh, so understanding that no matter how prepared we're going to be, we also have to be ready to move with what's going on in our current environment. And I think the last one that I really want to talk about is relationships, relationships, relationships. Uh, that was constantly touched on, whether it's networking, whether it's providing for your customer. It's all about building those relationships. It's all about making somebody feel important, making somebody feel special. And it, I know that like even talking to some of the people here on campus about networking, some people feel as though it's an evil thing to network because it feels like you know you're using somebody else oh, yeah, to get okay. to get what you want. But the thing is, is that relationships are a transaction. All relationships are a transaction. I speak to my friends because they make me feel accepted. They make me feel. They make me feel happy. They make me laugh, and I do the same for them. So it's a transaction. You want to hang out with somebody if you didn't mm -hmm. have that transaction, and it's the same thing with networking. But what you have to understand is that as long as your intentions are genuine, then it shouldn't feel evil. Mm -hmm. If you if your intentions are to create a real relationship with that person, to reach out to them even after you may have found your job or you may have reached your goal to tell them how you've done that is a genuine relationship that you created through networking and that's not evil but if you know that you're going into a situation that you know you are only talking to them because you want a job then that's something that you know you have to check within yourself it's not per se um the actual interaction yeah i think to build off of that relationships is something that i kept reiterating and i've said that said this in previous podcasts that i've had to shift my views on professional relationships mm -hmm. and inserting that personal aspect but this really opened up my eyes to your point when you're networking with people that eye contact can take you to the next level it's not and i'm somebody who could never do eye contact before this program mm -hmm. but something as simple as that something as simple as listening instead of just li listening to respond like you have to listen to hear what they're saying and mm -hmm. be receptive of that right and um like you said going the extra mile and let 
making sure they remember you because mm-hmm. there's 48 of us there's one of them mm-hmm. and yes it may seem actually it is extra work for us to go out of our way to recount a personal interaction that we may have talked about or go on linkedin and send them a personal request and even email them on top of that mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me but it's like you have to put yourself out there you have to go the extra mile you have to do mm-hmm. more than the average person because like they said in our recap the other day like we're telling you all this and although we expect you to do it only five people are going to do that right so do you want to be one of those five people right and it may for some people that may be harsh or it may seem like a guilt trip but they're trying to set us up for success right so being flexible and agile in that respect and not to have an ego about it is like okay, I have to get out of my comfort zone and I have to do something different than other people so that mm-hmm. I can stand out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think to... I know you said to have the intent of, like, am I talking to this person to get a job? That's That could be per- perceived as, like, dishonest. But I think they understand where we're coming from because we right. are students. But to your point is how you interact with them. Right. It's like if you only talk to them when it's convenient for you right? and, like, when you first meet them to follow up and then six months later when you're looking for a job, obviously that's not the right approach. Right. But if you interact with them, let's say, you know, on LinkedIn, you see they post an article or you see something that their company did, like, that's something that you can follow up on and showcase your genuine interest in what they're doing and, like, mm-hmm. like we said, do the research. Like, right. clearly that shows your passion for right. what you want to do. And it may... What they do may not align with what you want to do, but it's all interconnected somehow. Exactly. So it's just, again, being The, the industry aware. is smaller than what you think it is. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's so small. And so literally, like, it could just take your work ethic without them you having to work for somebody to vouch for you. Mm-hmm. So you could, they could literally give you a recommendation or a word of mouth um, referral. Like, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so relationships are key. And then even to, like, how we were talking about the Luxury Institute, mm-hmm. um, being adaptable and being flexible to change your business strategy mm-hmm. to reflect the t- the the actual consumer and even when we visited the union square um cafe mm-hmm. they were saying that same thing like they yep. started as fine dining mm-hmm. now they're one of the own or their owner of Shake Shack, Shack, which yeah. is not fine dining but it still gives you an experience and it's still something that their consumers are looking for and they were able to adapt and still sustain right. themselves after right. all these years of being in business. Exactly. They were adapting to the emotions of the time mm-hmm. and to what their customers needed at that moment. And I think that was really cool because they talked about how, you know, how they responded to 9-11, how they responded to the opportunities mm-hmm. that were um, presented to them and how it's not about like just trying to make profit. It's about serving your customers and understanding like what they may need at that time and how them doing that has resonated in their hearts and they actually like the, the customers feel like that's a place that they can run to in their times of need sometimes. So that's that's really beautiful. But yeah. moving on, what are your some of your takeaways that you got? Um, I kind of just touched on them, but um, in addition to relationships and being agile, I have learned that I need self-discipline. Mm. Like you have to be, uh, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, Ooh, and that is not just in the sense of a professional setting, but also understanding that there are some habits that you need to change about yourself in order to be successful. Like. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm somebody who's a night owl. I stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Obviously, that's not something I can do if I have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Right. You know, especially in an important opportunity like that. I didn't do that this trip. I went to bed actually at 
12 o'clock mm-hmm. but i still woke up late because the night before when before we caught our flight i did not sleep so right. it's like okay jessica you have to mold yourself and you have to take accountability and responsibility for yourself if you're trying to reach the next level and externally it may look like i'm doing all the right things whatever right. but it's a mental game and once you can master your mind your body will follow so mm-hmm. it's like okay what are you willing to sacrifice as a professional, as a student, that you're gonna continuously grow. You have to sacrifice something and you can't stay in the same space because what got you here won't get you there. We keep saying that. We do. So it's like, you have to have like a mental check with yourself and not to have negative self-talk, but you have to be realistic with yourself about what is it that you're doing right and what's something that you can improve upon. Right. Because the learning curve never stops. Mm-mm. Like, once you get comfortable doing something, you have to learn how to adjust and adapt to something else. Or else you pig- pigeonhole yourself. You become irrelevant. Exactly. Or it's just, you're going to, you're going to become lackluster. You're going to, you want to make sure you still have that spark and you still have that tenacity and that curiosity, which is something that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, like, something that other people can see within myself. So, that's really, like, a big thing that I took away Uh in addition to the relationship portion. Um, yeah. And I know, like, I went to CultureCon this, you know. Yes, please tell <laughs> us about that. Um, so this, in addition, since I knew we were going to, since I knew we were going to New York based on the, the program, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to attend CultureCon. Now, that wasn't a choice that I made, but I saw... And post on Instagram. I kind of touched on this in the previous episode, but I saw a post on Instagram of this woman called Kimber, who is a brand strategist. And shout out to her because if it was not for her and posting that she wanted to award somebody a ticket to go to CultureCon, which if you look at the ticket prices, is not cheap. It's around like three hundred dollars <laughs> for general, for like general admission, which I think that's what I saw. It may maybe it was a little lower, but it wasn't you know a cheap price to pay so it essentially is a it's hosted by the creative collection nyc which is a community and a creative agency that is immersed in culture so they're dedicated to facilitating brave spaces for multicultural activities Mm -hmm. and for creatives who are people of color right so they're really dedicated to having a space for people to not only find inspiration but to increase their level of like imagination and creativity so they, this is their third year. So I was like so happy that I was awarded to go after pitching, basically pitching myself to this woman. Mm-hmm. She said, I want to host somebody to go if they are really in need of going and somebody that's pushing the culture. So I told her about the program. I told her about this podcast. I told mm-hmm. her about how, you know, I started, I wanted to get into the space because I want to see more people like me in luxury capacity right right. and so she was like yeah you're really doing the work like you definitely deserve to go and i was like that cool awesome all i need to be (laughs) yes like so you know i extended my stay and i just decided to go after it and in that moment that's another thing like you have again agility so if Mm -hmm. you understand that okay this wasn't part of my plan i don't really have the funds to do this but you talk to different people you see how your community can help you Mm -hmm. and you just take the plunge so Leading up to Saturday, which is what CultureCon, the event that they hosted, they had different events leading up to it. So they had um, on Wednesday night a Facebook at the Facebook headquarters. They had two individuals from their team 
um, called Creator Stage. Come and talk to us about how to level up your creativity on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I learned some gems and some nuggets that's really going to take my stories and my content to the next level. Um, uh, And talking with the panelists and the digital creators and audio visualists, they have different names for themselves. Mm -hmm. But it was just really nice to be in that environment where you look around and you see people who look like you. Mm -hmm. And have that same passion who want to level up. This wasn't just like a social networking opportunity. Mm -hmm. This is really like we're in a room, we're looking at a panel, they're showing us how to use these new apps, they're showing us how to actually do it and not YouTube it or, you know, just kind of throw you out there or Mm -hmm. just have people telling you like a, uh, what is it called, like a a nice level up story like oh I uh, came from this and this is where I'm at now you know how those women empowerment right. like events are you're like you leave feeling the same way that you did coming in it's right. like okay what was this really for but I felt like I could immediately start and level up so that's what I really liked about Wednesday night um, Thursday night um, oh and also too let me mention they actually had a recruiter from Facebook there to mm. talk to us and sit with us about what we want to do if there's job openings um, things like that so again they're giving us opportunities to put ourselves in spaces to I guess I keep saying level up because that was the mm-hmm. name of their <laughs> name of their event but opportunities that we could capitalize on with a big right. name brand like Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. so I really appreciated that um thursday night was the screening for queen and slim y'all and if you don't know what that is it's melina miss melina who i call um she was a video uh producer if i'm not mistaken video director excuse me Mm -hmm. but she's making her film directing debut november Mm -hmm. um with queen slim and that essentially is like a black bonnie and clyde story but Mm -hmm. It's so much deeper than what you would think it is, and I highly recommend everybody seeing it. Um, like, I, my mind was blown as far as the way that it was shot, how it, it told truth in her story, and the way that she looked at the black bodies, and how I, I look at like lighting and art and all that right, stuff. Right. So, the way that it's filmed really struck out to me, and also the content it was real, it was genuine, it mm-hmm. highlighted our culture. Um, but it also highlighted the real world. Like, this was not a fantasy film or a fantasy piece. Mm-hmm. So, I really recommend that everybody go see Queen Slim um, in November. Um, but that was Thursday night. And Saturday was the big day. When I tell you, the lineup was crazy. Uh, I'm going to tell y'all who was on my list. Because mm-hmm. it started at 9 a.m. But I got there at 8.30. Like, I was not playing no games. Um... So, like I said, doors opened at 8, but I got there at 8.30. Um, And who was on my list? I had people like Brianna Owens, who's founder of Spike Spin. uh, Tahira White, who's the um, co-founder of 19th and Park, uh, which is like a creative agency or experiential production agency. Jessica Angelis, who's the creator relations manager for Anchor and Spotify. I actually talked to her after who she really helped me like about partnerships for the uh podcast which i already talked to you about yes yes Mm -hmm. yes yes um bianca genti who was this who is the cmo and co-founder of minorities and media connect um again 19th and park which is an experiential uh production company Mm. jesse Wu was uh do you know jesse Wu is She's a singer, and I thought you would know her because she's a singer, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> she's also a media personality, too. So, 
her voice is good. You should look her up. Um, she hosted like the second stage, which was outside. Uh, Larice McMillan, which I didn't get to see, but she's content strategy editor for Refinery Twenty Nine, mm-hmm. and they just tell really good stories. Um, Lena Waithe was supposed to be there, but I didn't personally see her. But maybe that was because it was like Culture Con Week. But mm. I saw her the screening. Her and Miss Melina, I saw them the night of the screening. Gotcha. Um, John Henry was who's an entrepreneur. If y'all need motivation, go ahead and look John Henry up on Instagram. He will get your life together. Like mm-hmm. he talks about investing. He talks about entrepreneurship. How to you know just be the best person that you can be um, while incorporating culture. Mm-hmm. Dia Sims. If y'all don't know who Dia Sims is, let me just tell you real quick. She is the president of Combs Enterprises. Ooh. Yes, she's been working with Mr. Diddy himself for all right, umpteenth all right. years, and I got so many nuggets um, with my little Bumble Biz book that they gave us. Like I was taking notes, like crazy. no. When I tell you, I was just really looking on <laughs> her IG story, and I was half happy and half jealous. Well, no, let me say this: I was ninety-five percent happy <laughs> and five percent jealous. Either way. I also wanted to be there. That's why I said, y'all get your coins up for next year because it's about to be bigger and better. But even on the panel, like, the panels all had great content. And somebody like Carleen Roy and Dia Sims who have, who have been in the game for so long, they're genuinely wanting to help us. And that that's not just them, but that was really every panel. They were really trying to give us inspiration and understanding that we are the next creators of the next generation you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so they want to see us do well and it's not like certain people who have been in the game for so long and they're just trying to withhold information you know right or they're trying to teach you a lesson right like well you need to just do it yourself and figure it out along the way now you do have to but like if you can give me some guidance that'd be great like and if i can prevent bumping my head every two seconds like i would appreciate that too okay <laughs> so um literally like and kiki palmer was a host and kayla walker like it was just so good like you could just feel the genuine vibes um and the creativity there so it's definitely like i have so many nuggets so if y'all really want to know what i learned y'all can hit me up um on instagram yes ask about it we'll we'll if it's an in demand then we'll do it hit us up Using the email that we've been posting lately if y'all really want to pod at gmail.com yep and um, that may be something that we can talk about later. Um, because as a creative period, you want to know about those nuggets. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, a cultural thing. It's like a, a creative thing. Creators are using these um, these apps. Creators are doing these things. So if you want to get your game up. And it's not just digital creators, too. It's like I met, just from sitting in the audience, a woman who is a editor for Black uh, Black Enterprise magazine. Like, you have people who are that or people who are in media or people who are trying to act. Like, you just have, when we say creators, if you are producing content or if you're creating something or mm-hmm. if you're contributing to an industry, you're a creator. Right. So, these spaces are for you and it's really to give you the confidence and the guidance to go after what you want. So, I will say that. For sure. For sure. Um. Okay, well then... I mean, it was another long episode, but I hope you guys are liking it. Me too. Again, we just talked about engagement. Engage with us. <laughs> um, so just let us know how you guys are feeling, how we're how we're doing up here. Again, we love feedback, and we want to make sure that we're you know catering to what you guys want to hear as well as well as like you know 
talking about our experience in the program, I think that this will definitely be something that um, people in the future programs can look back on and kind of gain some insight onto what into what to expect. But um, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure you contact us yeah. at the Lux Pod. The Lux Code Pod at gmail.com. That's T H E L U X E C O D E P O D. All right. The name of our <laughs> the name of our <laughs> podcast at gmail.com and let us know what your thoughts are. All right. Till next time, guys. See you later. Bye.